Hey everyone, Kaylee and Lane here. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Pre-K Teacher Family. This is a podcast for all things Pre-K Teacher. Behavior management strategies, time-saving tips, advice from teachers, and high-quality resources. If you need it, we're talking about it. We'll be bringing you new episodes every Friday. Make sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Let's not waste any more of your time, teachers. Buckle up. This is going to be fun. Hey, Lane. Hey, Kaylee. Are you ready for this? I think so. Okay, good. Let's do it. All right. Hey, everyone. We want to take a second to remind you that you are the best way to help us reach more people with our podcast. And all you have to do is leave us a review. If you've heard something that has helped you in one of our episodes, please help us get the word out to more people. Today we want to share a review with uh, today we want to share a review with you from Gamma Emmy. Is this our Emmy? I think so. Oh, God, we love you. She said, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to use your magic spray idea to help my granddaughter with her separation anxiety when her parents leave." Have the oils and spray bottles ordered. You don't have to be a teacher to use these wonderful ideas. Parents and grandparents can use them too. Yep, I totally agree. Emmy? Thank you, Emmy. We're so happy to hear that you're finding some value in our episodes, and we love that you are going to try out our suggestion with your granddaughter. Please let us know how it goes. Okay, so everybody, we are excited to talk to you today about something very powerful. Something with the power to control or sway the entire mood of the classroom. What is it, Lane? It's your attitude. Yes, your attitude. It can be your most powerful tool when trying to have a good day with your kids. And I know there are a lot of parents out there stuck at home with kids. And we chose this episode because we think it will benefit parents and teachers both. A lot of this is going to be things you've heard before. There might not be any groundbreaking new information here, but there is a lot of power in the way that you use your attitude and word choice to make your kids act a certain way. I mean, honestly, my first few years of teaching, my whole struggle was, how do I say things in a way that will make kids do what I want them to do? And maybe that sounds super simplified, or maybe you're like, what is this all just manipulation? But no, (laughs) seriously, it all comes down to... What can I say that will make my children be compliant? What can I say that will make my children be helpful? What can I say to make them be patient, take turns, listen to the directions, right? How can we get them to be little helpers on our team instead of working against us, instead of pushing the limits just to see what happens, instead of whining and arguing and doing the things that they do that they know drive you nuts, That's when they are not on your team and things spiral. But to get them back on your team, for starters, you just need to adjust your attitude. I want to start out with a quick story about something I experienced recently. And then, Lane, I want you to weigh in on it and we'll go from there, okay? Okay, sounds good. So the other day, we were at a boat put in uh, out here in Montana. And there was a family with four kids And I want to be clear that I don't have any kids of my own yet. I have one on the way, but 
Mm-hmm. I only observed this family for a few minutes. So this was just me observing a situation and wanting so badly to just pull the mom aside or like more so I wanted to just be a little Tinkerbell fairy that could just twinkle some dust on her and help her re- <laughs> rephrase the way that she was talking to the kids because it would have changed everything for her. Now, mind you, I'm not making judgments here. I am not quarantined with four kids. So I honestly have no idea what I would have been like in her situation. But in this moment, I just wanted to, poof, help her see that she was shooting herself in the foot with every empty threat that she dropped. You know, like I couldn't help but think to myself over and over again, man, if she just phrased that differently, the outcome would have been different. This was most of it. She turned to the older one and said, hey, go go with your brother and sister and make sure he, they stay out of the parking lot. To which the sibling groaned and said, no I don't want to so the mom responded now this is not a discussion and started counting one two three (laughs) (laughs) it was tense you could feel the power struggle he eventually started slowly super slowly walking in the direction that she asked him to go clearly pushing back and that's how most of the interactions went she'd ask them to do something they would resist and she'd threaten I will leave you in the car I swear don't push me (laughs) Or do it now because I said so. That's why. And I, I'm not trying to sit here and judge moms during the quarantine, but I just wanted to throw that into this episode so families and teachers can hear that concrete example and hopefully notice when it's happening to them next time. And remember the advice that we're going to give to flip the scenario around and use your attitude and the messages you're sending to create positive feelings instead of negative ones. Lane, what do you think about this? Okay, so I totally understand this. I get both sides because um, being a teacher and a mom, I'm constantly bouncing between what I know is best practice and just desperation. I've been that mom many times, and it's usually in public places. (laughs) Yep. And when you feel like you're being watched and you feel like, oh, God, people are judging me or my kids, and you just, just start to do crazy stuff to gain, uh, regain your control. Things you usually wouldn't do. Things that don't work and things that I'm not proud of. But hey, it happens. I mean, that's just the truth. I've done it all. The threats and the bribes. They might work in the moment, but not usually without a fight. But in the long run, it makes situations like that harder and unpredictable. We realize everyone will slip back into threats and power struggles every now and again, but if you have a solid foundation of behavior management strategies and your, uh, and your kids know them, then trips out in public with your own kids or trips to assemblies with your students will go a lot smoother. Yes. Okay. So it's helpful to hear your side too. I have been there as a teacher. When you're being watched and you're desperate to regain control, you just start reaching for anything to make the behavior stop. I definitely get that, especially before I understood the concepts of love and logic. Sorry, this reminds me. Do you remember that little um, meme we would send each other when we were getting after we would get observed? Oh yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. Of Michael Scott, like 
covering his face, like saying, "I'll kill you." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they came, because that's how you. Yeah. That's right. That's how you feel. You're just like, "What is happening? I will yeah. do anything in this moment Stop to it. make things yeah. better." Yeah. And you lose. You lose it. You're just like, "Oh my god, what am I doing? What am I doing? I know this is. I know <laughs> this is not going to work." Huh? Yeah. Yes. Great over here. Oh, we're so happy over here. <laughs> my oh my kids, gosh. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about what teachers and parents can do to make that happen. So remembering that kids want to step up. They want responsibilities. They want to help out. They want to be treated like they can handle stuff. And they have and they want to have choices, not just be told what to do all day. So if you can start shifting the way you talk to your kids, you can change everything. Yeah, choices are super important and helpful. If that mom had said things like, hey, since you're the oldest and I know I can trust you to show the little ones how to walk safely in the parking lot, would you mind walking up there with them and make sure they stay safe? Yeah. Or even making, or even taking time to explain to the kids. Tell them why they need to do something rather than just making demands. Hey, dad's working on getting the fishing rods set up for us. We are going to have to sit tight for a few minutes while we wait. Or giving them choices. Hey, dad is setting up the fishing rods. Do you guys want to play on the rope swing or sit here by the car with dad while we wait? There are just so many ways to shift the message so that you're not giving them an ultimatum because over and over that mom kept giving empty threats. She wasn't going to leave one of the kids in the car while the family goes fishing. And the kids know that. We've all been there. We've all been pushed to the edge. And these empty threats just come out of your mouth. But in my first few years of teaching, I knew that I had to follow through on them. So after a few ridiculous follow-throughs, like having to keep my kids with me for all of lunch or other consequences that ended up just being as painful and disruptive for me... I learned to stop saying stuff like that because, first of all, I didn't want to do those things. I didn't want to keep the kids by my side during all of centers. But once I say I was going to do that, I did it. And it sucked for everyone involved. That's why I kept seeking to find a better way. And love and logic was a huge part of how I came out of the empty threats to more effective strategies. Totally agree. So... This is a struggle. So when we decide to engage in a power struggle with kids, at that point, you kind of have to win the power struggle. So now, no matter how small or silly it is, when you decide to when you decide to give a threat, it needs to be one that you can and will follow through on. So usually, it's just not the best idea to give them, or very rarely. My daughter tries to engage me in many, many power struggles throughout the day. <laughs> I mean, God, talk about brain drain. She, she does. And usually I, when I'm with it, I'll just say, you know what? I love you way too much to argue with you. And I'll just keep saying that and saying that until she gets it. But on the occasion that I do bite, I have to follow through. So just the other day, before the whole coronavirus pandemic, uh, we were at Target. And this is like, happens all the time, but this is the one I could think of. Um, and we were at Target, and I was with my two kids, and I was trying to hurry and get our shopping done. We were all a little tired, and it was close to dinner time. Probably not the ideal time to go to Target with kids, but here we were. And before we started shopping, we made a quick stop at the little Starbucks at Target. And the kids asked if they could get one of those great little cake pops (laughs) that they always ask for. So I said, I said something like, 
All right. I buy cake pops for kids that listen and stay in the cart while we do our shopping. And so they both agreed. Oh, yeah, we can do that. Sure. No problem. So I bought them and I put them in my purse for after shopping was done. Well, Hawk is pretty easy most of the time at Target because I can still he's young enough where I can still buckle him in. Scout, on the other hand, was given the choice to ride in the cart or hold on to the end of the cart. And she picked to sit in. Great. Here we go. We're on our way to get this list done. So, well, it wasn't long before she started crawling out of the cart wanting to look at this and touch that. And I could feel my anxiety start to go up and up and up. And I started giving a lot, a lot of reminders like, oh, remember kids stay in the cart if they want their cake pop at the end and things like that. And she pushed and pushed and pushed. And then it happened. I blurted out the threat. <laughs> Scout, if you don't get in the car and stay there, I'll take your cake pop right back to Starbucks. Now, I don't even think Starbucks <laughs> is allowed to take back food items. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're not, especially now. But now I had to freaking follow through with my threat. And I was hoping, oh, please, please, please stay in the cart so I don't have to go make a, a fool of myself, you know, take this cake pot back like a crazy person. And I didn't want to have to spend any more time in the store. So I was really hoping she would stay in the cart. But as you know, she didn't. <laughs> so I'm sure you know where this is going. I was I was the crazy person taking the cake pot back to Starbucks. And I, I remember the guy was just like, wait, what do you want? And I was like, just. <laughs> Just throw it in the trash. I don't care. I don't need any money back. <laughs> uh, I mean, I didn't want to do it. I hated doing it. It crushed my heart. But I I knew I had to follow through with my threat or all of my words would just, you know, she wouldn't take it, anything I said seriously. So I knew I had to follow through. I mean, what could I have done differently? I started thinking about it. So just like Kaylee said earlier, kids like to step up and they can do hard things. I should have had Scout checking things off my list, helping me pick out produce, putting stuff in the cart for me, or I could, I could have given her the choice to help, you know, either getting groceries for me or help entertain uh, her brother or whatever, so on and so on. I probably shouldn't have used the cake pops as a bribe during the prop uh, the shopping trip. I maybe should have said at the end of the shopping trip, like, hey, you know what, guys? Y'all were such great helpers. I think we deserve a treat. And then maybe had gone to Starbucks at that point. Have y'all listened to episode two? Kaylee and I were talking about the bribes our first year oh, of teaching. Boy. Yeah. We had the goodie box, pizza parties, and all types of absurd things that didn't work. Um, and we put an end to that and it helped our classrooms and our pocketbooks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's learn some more strategies to help us. And I mean, I also will use these strategies on the day to day with my own kids. So let's hear some more. Okay. So I love that story and thank you for sharing that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Scout is so smart and I know that she can be manipulative because kids that oh, yes. are smart are, well, uh -huh. I mean, all kids are smart and figure out what works to get what they want. And yeah, we have to kind of realize that and go, Hey, hey I see what you're doing here. That's right. I mean, aren't what don't they say in love and logic? Like kids are 
the most self-centered things. Like I think they think the world revolves around them, which is true. And they want to get what they want to get. So. Totally. And they're not, yeah. yeah, they're, it's like an innocent form of them just being like, well, I know what she'll do when I do this. That's right. And that, why wouldn't I do something great, that yeah, works? Yeah. yeah. There's not a greater plan behind it. It's just. No. Yeah. So kids don't have to run the show. You don't have to feel on edge taking your kids to do things because you're afraid of how they might act. If you can master a few simple strategies to get kids to do what you want them to do, your relationship with the children can completely change. A lot of it is just about staying calm when emotions get amped up and kids start yelling or whining. It is so hard as the adult not to buy into that and try to overpower them by talking louder or arguing back or whatever. But when you can bring things back down and remind them, I will talk to you when your voice sounds like mine or even just going brain dead, which is 11 logic strategy to repeat the same thing over and over. I love you too much to argue. And again, these are all strategies that are based varying a lot on different ages and 11 logic gives so much information for every situation, scenario, age group. But we're just trying to stay on the course of this episode to give you tips for how you, the adult, whether you're the parent or the teacher, how you have the power to set the mood set the tone, set the expectations, and how the kids will follow your lead. Staying calm is so important. And with practice, you and your kiddos will get better at this. It's something you have to work actively on. And it's totally okay to tell kids, oh, you know what? Hey, I'm sorry. I just got really heated. I'm going to take a breath, calm down, and start over and ask them to do the same. Okay, we have a new sponsor that we'd like to tell you guys about. It's a company called Amped Up Learning. They're owned and operated by classroom teachers, which we love. As you know, we're here to support teachers. This great company has fun teacher-designed and printed shirts that don't break the bank, and they have tons of documents and printable activities that gamify learning. How awesome is that? We all know kids retain so much more information when the lessons are fun. They have created a coupon code just for our listeners to give you 10% off your entire order. The code is tried and true 10. Again, that's tried and true and the number 10. It will give you 10% off, which makes it easy to remember. Tried and true 10. So make sure to check them out. Use our coupon code and they do giveaways every month on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Find them at Amped Up Learning. I will attach a link to their Facebook page in the show notes. So the mood that you are in and the vibe that you put out into your classroom each day has a ricochet effect. You can bring them all down with you or you can bring them all up with you, but you are the leader and they will follow. It's important that your overall message to them starts positive so that the positivity can grow. If you're at school, you're saying, I am your teacher. School is going to be fun. I'm so glad that you're here. You are so good at so many things. I have so many special things that I want to show you. And it's really important for you to show me that you're following the rules so that I can introduce all of these fun things that I have for you. Yeah, and at home, it can be as simple as just being in a, in a positive mood first thing in the morning, which is not always easy. When they wake you up at 5 a.m. <laughs> Hi, guys. Yeah. Hey, good morning, little sweetie. But it totally works. You'll see. It is contagious. If you start out any random day of the week with enthusiasm and positive intentions, 
that's what you're going to see the kids follow with. If you are sending the message that you ha- that you will have choices today, you will get to do special things as long as you're listening. You can help mom as long as you're showing me you can handle it. Yeah. You want your position to be coming from, I'm so glad you're here and we have so many great things that you and you have so many great things that you bring to our classroom and you're a special part of our classroom. It's important that we all take care of each other. I I love and care for you. This is going to be fun. I have so many great things that I want to share. I'm so happy that you're here. Every day, that's how you need to be starting out the mood and the vibe. Even if you're not feeling that excited, if you start out a, if you start a mindset shift and sort of force it in the beginning, you'll see that when the kids get on board with this, and they start acting right, everyone truly is happier. Things feel so much better for adults and kids. It sounds kind of cheesy, but if you make mundane parts of your day, of your everyday routine, into tiny little adventures, kids are going to love it, and they're going to tune in, and when you have their attention, and they know the expectations, they aren't going to let misbehaving stand in the way of them getting to do something fun. And it doesn't have to be something extravagant. It can be the normal things you were going to do, but you can throw in a few special choices that they've, when they've earned something special. I love when you follow my directions right away. That makes it easy for us to have a little extra fun. Maybe we can eat our snack in a tree today, or maybe you can use the binoculars when we're driving to look for deer. (laughs) These are super (laughs) Montana examples. I like it. (laughs) But once you've started with a positive attitude, assumed positive intentions for the day, and your kids start following suit, it just opens up the possibility for so much more fun and freedom. Rather than feeling like your kids are misbehaving and you have to keep tightening the reins and taking more and more away, I challenge you to start tomorrow differently. Wake up with the bubbly positive attitude and start the snowball of positive effects. Little by little, kids are going to jump on the train with you. They don't want things to be taken away. They don't want to miss out on stuff. But sometimes they just get stuck in a pattern of negative attention-seeking behavior that drives you nuts. And you can't reward that kind of stuff, so you take something away, whatever it might be, however it might go. But start a new cycle of behavior and attitude. Yeah, prefacing your interactions with a positive attitude can and will ultimately make them succeed or fail. When you introduce an activity with these vibes, I know you can handle this. It is a really cool, fun thing that we're going to do. And I know you're going to do it really good. They are going to do it just like you said. If you start pointing out things that are going wrong and correcting everyone one by one, they're going to start shutting down on you. And remember, kids can handle more than you think. If you start setting them up to handle challenges and show them how impressed you are by their great choices, little by little, they will be able to handle more. Our students got to handle lots of items in our classroom made of glass. We had a Montessori exception for the people that come and check the environment and whatever, so that we were allowed to have glass, and there were containers and items around our room made of glass. And it's, like, funny to say it out loud right now because it was it was so not a big deal at all. Yeah. It, was, it never was a problem at all because we would set our students up before it, and then we would teach them how to use it appropriately. And, like, I mean, kids light up when they get those kinds of privileges. They want to get to do special stuff. Well, yeah, I had a little, uh, the glass thing 
you know, I was so used to all of the kids using glass. And then when Scout came along, I taught her how to handle glass too. And when she first started school, I would send her little snack in a glass container. Oh, yeah. And after the first day, the teacher was like, absolutely not. Kids this age oh. cannot handle glass. I was oh, like, oh, wait, she, what? I yeah. was like, no, she really no, can. they totally can. Yeah, she exactly oh. knows what to do with the expectations. Oh. That's so, so yeah, cool. that's funny. So, like, we would address our whole class as a group and say, this is a new activity. I can't wait to show it to you. I'm going to be watching to make sure that you're doing it really carefully so that I know that you're ready for this and all of the other fun stuff I have for you. And I kind of preface it like, I know you can handle this. And it's a really cool, fun thing that we're going to do. And I know that you're going to do it right. And then you show them what it is and you keep encouraging them. Wow. Look at you guys using that special paint the right way. I cannot wait for the next thing I'm going to show you. I can't even imagine what it might be. Oh my gosh, is it going to have glitter? There's so many fun things in that closet. And when you show me you can handle it, I'm going to get them all out. And every once in a while, a child might need a reminder. You might have to remind them that these special things are fun and that they don't want to miss out on this one or on all the future ones that are still to come. So if all the kids are using it right and you have one kid who's not, You would go over to that kid and say, it would be very sad if you didn't get to use the special things because everyone else was showing me that they can handle it. And I would be so sad if you had to sit over there and do the puzzles instead of getting to do this fun glitter or whatever it might be. And once they realize everyone else will get to do them because they're making good choices, they don't want to miss out. They're going to go back and get get back on track because they want to show you that they can handle it too. You want to be introducing new things to your class and showing them new materials by saying, these things are so special. You are so special. It is so amazing that we get to use these special things and you're emphasizing how important it is for them to watch the way you're showing them and and then they'll do it the same way that you show them. Yes. Um, It's over the top, but really genuine the way you do it. And I always would like throw in, oh my gosh, I've been waiting for you guys to see what I have for you. And just yes. like stuff, though, that they feel really special. And then they it's like really the excitement take it of Christmas to... morning, but it's over and over and over. And it's just That's like, what right. is it? What's it yes, going to be? Yes, I got I need to see it. I want to yeah. see it. Also, when we were talking about being excited and all that, we would do movement at the beginning of the day, like those, yeah. those songs you always do. And I would usually like set up morning group at that time. But the days like I would pep talk myself before school and be like, I'm going to be really engaged and really excited and over the top. And I'm going to do the dance with them today. It went, I mean, they thought that was the freaking best yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh my God. You miss Russell. You crazy. Look at you doing that. And They're you know, staring at you. That's yeah. right. And everyone, I mean, a hundred percent engagement, like during that stuff, just cause how silly and like how fun. And, and there you're doing it. You're paying that's attention right. to them. And you're really having fun with it. So it makes yeah. all the difference. And then just like you were saying, um, how when you're explaining the new materials, just like we said in a previous episode, you can always say that the new material toy, art supply, whatever, it was very expensive. And this makes them feel so important that you trust them with such an expensive item and so on. It's weird, but it, it does yep. work. Yep. It doesn't have to be expensive things. It can be no. rocks that you're finding in the yard or whatever. But That's right. as long as you make it feel special they will just go right along with you yeah and i'd always say 
I never showed my last class this. But, oh. <laughs> but I, I think y'all are ready. Y'all definitely oh, showed yeah. me. And then they go, and oh my gosh. Like they, high they, five oh, each other. Like, right. this is really, we are really the that's chosen right. one. That's right. They'd always ask, like, so your last class, they didn't get to use this? I was like, nope, just you kiddos. And yeah. I just love that. The way that you go into your classroom every morning and the attitude that you have towards the day is what is hands down going to change your outcomes. So if you come in and you're tired, which is usually just a reality, it's okay to be tired. If you're thinking today is going to be good because, or I'm excited to see the kids because, and you're feeding yourself those positive things rather than, oh my God, I know it's going to happen again. It's going to take so long to get through the day. And you're setting yourself up to either have the bad things repeat or to have them change. So when you're thinking about the attitude and the vibe of the class as a whole, your attitude is the biggest factor in influencing that outcome. It all comes down to you and how you're thinking and what you're projecting on them. So just remember that your attitude is contagious. Yes, so good. And finally, I want to tell you about the latest edition of resources for the pre-K teacher family. I've added a new folder that's called Distance Learning, and it's filled with videos that I've made for my students that you can use for your students. Isn't that fun? I actually started making videos my first year of teaching as a way for kids to get extra practice without me having to be the one that's giving them the lesson again. Instead, I could just set them up with the video and it would be me teaching them. The lesson would be planned and done exactly how I wanted it to be, but I had recorded it so they could watch it over and over again as many times as they need without me having to sit and repeat it over and over. Every year I would record a video for each child showing them how to correctly write their name and they would use those over and over and over again. And I saw how great they worked and I started making videos for everything. And now I've made all of my videos available for the members of the pre-K teacher family. There are videos that practice counting. There are videos that practice letter formation, how to draw a person, read alouds with in-depth conversation throughout, number formation, and so much more. So if you'd like to check out the videos and all the other resources available for the pre-K teacher family, there's a link in the show notes, or you can go to my website, triedandshrewteacher.com, and click on the tab that says, join the pre-K teacher family. And remember, if you use the promo code podcast, you'll get 30% off your membership. I have spent so much time figuring out how to make videos to teach kids, and I've even made a video to show you how I make my videos. <laughs> I'm sharing it all with the members of the pre-K teacher family. Please let me help you join the family today. <laughs>